0: Listen to that, nothing beats a vinyl. Some technology just stands the test of time. Our technology not only brings the cool, it also brings the heat. At Mitsubishi Electric, we've been mastering and innovating heat pump technology since 1970. EcoDan, continued innovation in heating for home and business. Mitsubishi Electric, changes for the better. Bill McKibben is an American environmentalist, best-selling author, journalist, and leader of the climate campaign group called 350.org. That's the first planet-wide grassroots climate change movement. They've organized 20,000 rallies around the world in every country except North Korea, and he led the resistance to the Keystone Pipeline. In 2013, he was awarded the Gandhi Peace Prize. His 1989 book, The End of Nature, is regarded by many as the first book for a general audience about climate change. And be sure to read another one of his books called Earth, but that's spelled E-A-A-R-T-H with two A's. Why two A's? McKibben said Earth with one A doesn't exist anymore. He says we've carbonized it out of existence. Hence, two A's in Earth is now our home. What's 350.org all about? 350.org was founded in 2008 by a group of college friends in the United States along with McKibben. The goal was to build a global climate movement. They've succeeded in that. 350 was named after 350 parts per million, the safe concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. We blew past that level way back in the 80s. What are their goals? One is to keep carbon in the ground. Two, help build a new, more equitable, low-carbon economy. And three, pressure governments into limiting emissions. How can you get involved? I always love to throw those in there. It's so nice of you guys to listen, and then I have to give you something to do. So how do you get involved? You can sign up at their website, 350.org, and you can find a group near your city, or you can start your own group. You can join an existing campaign happening around the world. You can get online training from 350.org in many different areas. Go to the website, click on trainings for a full list of options, or download a free copy of the Climate Resistance Handbook and learn more about youth strikes, activists, and social change. 350.org, the organizing effort, drew its name from climate scientist James Hansen. We remember him from episode four. His contention was that atmospheric concentrations of carbon dioxide above 350 parts per million was unsafe. If you want to watch Bill in a 42-minute documentary, go over to YouTube and search Do the Math. From 2013, it's about phasing out fossil fuels and fossil fuel divestment. You know, the CO2 levels change every day. On September 10th, last year, the level was almost 409 parts per million. And this year, it was almost 411. Why did the number decrease this year? According to episode five star, Ralph Keeling, he said, humanity's waste pile is in the atmosphere and that does not go away. The carbon dioxide is building up in response to not just what we're emitting right now, but what we have emitted over the past century. We have a long, hard road ahead to bring the levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere down to 350 parts per million. But we need a worldwide effort to do it. The first step is to vote for Joe Biden on November 3rd. Bhutan is arguably the world's happiest country. It is also one of the greenest. There's a good reason for that. King Wangchuk developed his signature Gross National Happiness Index based on four pillars. Sustainable Development environmental protection, cultural preservation, and good governance. Other countries have taken note since the Himalayan kingdom is not only carbon neutral, but carbon negative. One of the ways Bhutan helps preserve their country is by charging visitors $250 per person. The money is used to help protect natural environment. As a travel destination, Bhutan remains unique. As a travel destination, Bhutan is in a unique position because it's stuck in between China and India, two industrial giants. The country only began receiving visitors in 1974, and you couldn't even watch TV there until 1999. The Constitution mandates that 60% of the landmass in the country be maintained and protected as a forest. Way up in the mountains, ancient glaciers provide a stunning landscape. Adventurers are not allowed to climb their tallest peaks, and tourists Don't disturb the lakes. Their natural wonders are honored and respected. Yet man-made emissions are threatening them anyway. They can't escape it. The temperatures rise and the glaciers melt. Go to YouTube and look up Tsunami in the Sky for a deeper understanding of how climate change threatens Bhutan. Record temperatures were recorded in 2019 around Bhutan's most dangerous lakes. Record temperatures were recorded in 2019 Around Bhutan's most dangerous glacial lakes, perhaps even more crucial is the risk of their hydroelectric sector, which the nation's economy has come to overwhelmingly rely on as a major revenue source, and they even export it to neighboring India. Clean energy is one of the ways Bhutan is offsetting regional emissions. Natural habitat helps Bhutan combat climate change, but they have shown the willingness to fight. Can your country say that? It's time for the Climate Hero of the Week. When Lily Platt was nine years old, she moved to Holland and her grandfather taught her to speak Dutch and also helped her learn numbers by counting pieces of plastic trash. She doesn't need the practice anymore, but she's still picking up plastic. Now she's 11, going on 30. She's picked up over 100,000 pieces of plastic. You can follow her on Twitter At, at Lily's pickup, Lily's plastic pickup on Instagram, or catch one of her many videos on YouTube. If you need a new female role model, meet Luisa Neubauer. She's a 24-year-old German climate activist and a member of the German environmentalists Green Party. Last year, she became the face of Germany's Fridays for the Future climate protection rallies. Follow along with her 160,000 other fans on Twitter at Luisa. Newbauer, There's a link on her Twitter page that will take you to her TED Talk, and that's been viewed more than two million times. Two great ladies leading us into the future. Enjoyed this episode? If you're like me, you're always looking for something new to stream. I've got just the thing for you. It's called Kiss the Ground, and it's coming to Netflix on September 22nd. You can watch the trailer right now. The movie presents a way to completely stabilize the Earth's climate, fix lost ecosystems, and create Abundant food supplies. The movie shows how to draw down atmospheric carbon. Here's a clue. Soil is the missing piece of the puzzle. Woody Harrelson is a narrator. There are many ways you can get involved with the project. Activism, through business, uh, working with climate change, composting, fashion, gardening, online courses, youth education, and much, much more. This is example one million and one of when someone asks what they can do to help fight climate change, point them to the website. They can go down the rabbit hole for hours learning more about the project. The website is KissTheGroundMovie.com, and of course you can find more on all your favorite social media sites. Is Santa's workshop melting into the sea? Climate deniers think the hazards of climate change will occur far in the future, so we should handle more urgent problems today and worry about climate change later. I hate to break the news, but climate change is an urgent problem now. It will be much worse later without a lot of effort. Let's use the example of a recent trip to the Arctic. The Mosaic Expedition, the biggest and most complex expedition ever attempted in the central Arctic by researchers from several countries, arrived at the North Pole in just six days last month, making their way from near Greenland via an unusual route. The expedition usually avoids the region, where the longitudes and all the time zones meet, because it's typically covered by thick ice and hard to break through that region with an icebreaker. This year's satellite images showed the ice concentration in that area was really, really low. It turned out there were large areas of open water. They didn't have to break any ice. Currently, there are major variations in the climate models in the Arctic, some predicting ice-free summers in the next few decades, some by the end of the century. Goodbye, Santa's workshop! Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Now it's time for the Climate Villain of the Week. As long as there are climate villains, I feel obligated to point them out. And today it's Andrew Wheeler's turn under, under the spotlight. Prior to his involvement as EPA ad- administrator, he worked for coal magnate Robert Murray. He's worked for James Imhoff, himself a climate villain in previous episodes. Wheeler is a critic of limiting greenhouse gas emissions. When asked if he accepted scientific consensus on climate change during his confirmation hearing, Wheeler said, I believe that man has an impact on the climate, but what's not completely understood is what the impact is. Look around, Mr. Wheeler. I think you can see what the impact is. Have you been to California this week? Wheeler got his Bachelor of Arts degree from Case Western University in Cleveland. Oh, crap. That school's like 30 minutes from my house. I am so sorry about that, America. I'm so ashamed. And Wheeler was an Eagle Scout as a youth. How could that be possible? Let's buzz through 10 things Wheeler's done at the EPA that makes me sick. I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to throw up in the microphone. But let's start out with he sidelined scientists. He eliminated the agency's Office of Science Advisors and disbanded a 20-member scientific advisory committee on particular matter and packed a seven-member advisory committee on air quality standards with industry-friendly participants. He proposed to restrict the use of scientific data. He gutted the coal ash rule. He rolled back the Clean Water Act. He suppressed an inconvenient formaldehyde report. I guess formaldehyde isn't really that bad for you after all. He ignored EPA scientists' advice to ban asbestos. I guess asbestos isn't really that bad for you after all. He weakened the mercury admissions rule. I guess mercury isn't that bad for you after all. He slammed the vehicle emissions rules into reverse. I guess vehicle emissions aren't really that bad for you. He rescinded the clean power plan. Do I have anything nice to say about him? No. With the help of my on-air assistants, Nate and Izzy, let's go into the mix and keep reaching for 100 stories about climate change and pollution. Hit it, Nate! Mix. Mix, 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 mix number 19 technology giant Apple announced last week that it is investing in the construction of two of the world's largest onshore wind turbines to support its data center in Denmark The 200-meter-tall turbines—that's taller than Niagara Falls—will produce enough electricity to power almost 20,000 homes and will act as a test site for powerful offshore wind turbines. The investment is part of Apple's plan to make its entire supply chain carbon-neutral by 2030. Apple plans to cut down its water usage and phase out single-use plastics in their packaging by 2025. 20... In 2007, executives at Danish Oil and Natural Gas, known as Dong, were planning to pitch their company to prospective investors as a fossil fuel behemoth. Dong was pursuing plans to build a massive coal plant in Germany. Those plans collapsed due to the global financial crisis in 2008. So the company had to come up with another plan. How are we going to survive? How are we going to make money? Right around that time, the government started talking about climate change and taking it seriously. Plans for the German coal plant were scrapped. They closed most of their fossil fuel power plants. The oil and gas business was sold off. Then they changed their name to Orsted A-S. That was a great choice. And became a global leader in offshore wind development. Where fossil fuels supplied 85% of the energy in 2009, renewables account for 88% of its energy today. The company anticipates achieving net zero energy generation and operations by 2025 and eliminating all emissions associated with its business by 2040. Last year, a panel of judges at the Harvard Business Review ranked Orsted as one of the top corporate makeovers of the last decade. They were listed right behind Netflix and Amazon and Microsoft. They were the only energy company on the list. And please... Do not send dong jokes to me at rf at richardfriedman.net. No, really. Do not send me any dong jokes to rf at richardfriedman.net. Twenty-one. Independent climate think tank Ember reported that energy from wind and solar rose by 14% during the first half of 2020 and output from coal plants fell by 8.3%. Number twenty-two. Unilever, the global conglomerate that owns cleaning, beauty, and food brands, such as Surf and Dove, recently announced that it plans to eliminate fossil fuels from its cleaning products by 2030. In place of the fossil fuel ingredients, Unilever will switch over to renewable and recycled carbon sources like plants, algae, plastic waste, and carbon dioxide captured from industrial emissions. 23. Major oil companies are lobbying the United States to pressure Kenya to change its world-leading stance against plastic waste. The request came from the American Chemistry Council to the Office of the United States Trade Representative. In 2017, Kenya imposed the world's strictest ban on the use, manufacturing, and import of plastic bags, part of a growing effort around the world to limit a major source of plastic waste. Environmentalists fear Kenya is now under pressure not only to weaken its resolve, but to become a key transit point for plastic waste to other African countries. Come on, Kenya, be strong. Number 24. Poland generates 70% of its electricity from coal, but things are changing. They're moving away from fossil fuel. Finally, the country's climate ministry announced a plan Tuesday to invest $40 billion into nuclear energy and $35 billion into wind energy. If the new programs pan out, Only 11 to 28% of the country's electricity will be generated by coal by 2040. Way to go, Poland. 25. 25, 25, 25. Last episode, we talked a lot about electric vehicles. Here's a quick follow-up. Uber has said that all taxis available through its app will be electric by 2040 and by 2030 in the United States, Canada, and most European cities. Uber said they're making this change to tackle climate change. They're going to spend 80, make that 800 million dollars to help drivers switch vehicles. No other details are available at this time, but it sounds interesting. Maybe I'll sign up and trade in my Mini Cooper for a Tesla. The electric hybrid option is currently available in 15 United States cities and some in Canada for an extra dollar per ride. Uber says it will launch in more than 65 cities globally by the end of the year. Happy 60th birthday. David Archer was born on September 15, 1960. He's a computational ocean chemist and has been a professor at the Geophysical Sciences Department at the University of Chicago since 1993. He's also a contributor to the Real Climate blog. Archer wrote a book called The Long Thaw. It's a chilling look at global warming. Did I say chilling? Sorry, couldn't resist. You know, there's not a lot of humor in global destruction. But what can I say? Guilty as charged. The book is a terrifying look to the future of the planet and how we fit in, and well, if we keep burning fossil fuel, we don't really fit in for much longer. Archer speculates global warming could raise the oceans by 50 meters. Yikes, that's bad. But don't worry, in a few thousand years, things will be better. Imagine if carbon dioxide were dangerously high at the time of Jesus Christ. What if he led a campaign to stop carbon dioxide from reaching catastrophic levels in the atmosphere? That would probably take a miracle. That shouldn't be too hard for a miracle worker, right? If Jesus succeeded 2,000 years ago, we would just be entering the area of safer carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere again. Yes, it could take more than 2,000 years for carbon dioxide to dissipate to that degree. Scientists are working on several ways to remove existing carbon dioxide that's already in the air to beat back against the rising dangers. Archer argues that it is still not too late to avert Dangerous Climate Change, If Humans Can Find a Way to Cooperate as Never Before. In Episode 4, Birthday Boy and Science Superstar James Hansen, the director of the NASA Goddard Institute for Space Studies, said this about Archer's book. This is the best book about carbon dioxide and climate change that I have read. David Archer knows what he's talking about. Well, that's the end of Episode 15. Thanks for listening. In the last two weeks, the American president was busted lying about the dangers of COVID-19. Had he taken bold action sooner... Who knows how many of the 200,000 dead Americans would still be alive, and I'd probably be going to football games on Sunday this fall. But alas, this is the president we have, not the one we need. Hundreds of years ago, a man named Galileo tried to let science guide our view of the universe. He was silenced, but of course he was correct. The earth does indeed revolve around the sun. Let's hope the president spends the rest of his life just like Galileo did, on house arrest. Good night, Galileo. Thanks for listening to A Breath of Fresh Earth with your host, Rick Friedman. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you're the first to hear new episodes. If you want to nominate someone for Climate Hero of the Week, send it to Rick at the link below. This has been A Breath of Fresh Earth. Thanks for listening.